the new John Simmons Show. After years of battling a gambling addiction, John found a hope and a future for his life through Christ. He has spent the last several years encouraging others to find joy, peace, and hope in their lives by walking out God's plan for their lives. Now, John wants to help you find the passion, vision, and faith you need to start writing out God's sentence for your life and help you add to it every day. Phone lines are now open. Call or text 314-880-0808. Now, here is your host, the new John Simmons. Network, <laughs> where you can find God's sentence for your life and become the new you, where we talk about finding passion, vision, and faith in your walk with Christ so that your life can overflow with joy, peace, and hope today. Welcome to the early morning uh, edition, uh, depending on which part of the world you're in, because it's late night here in St. Louis, but we're here uh, Monday. We're excited to be with you on the program tonight. We got uh, Mr. Steve Love in the house tonight with me on the boards. I'm very excited to have him to be part of the program tonight. As always, everybody, the new John Simmons show is streaming live on Facebook. If you would like to watch the program, just head over to social media and search for the new John Simmons show. We'll be able to connect with you online throughout the show. We also have a text in line. It's 314-880-0808. And of course, you can always like, share our videos and all the things that we do to help share the message of the gospel. And that's going to be our conversation tonight about sharing the gospel. In fact, uh, uh, over the weekend and in in the course of my history of following Jesus, uh, this thought has come out a lot. Now, what I'm talking about, of course, is is that I talk way too much about Jesus. Ever since I got born again, from the moment I realized that God was in my heart and that Jesus was guiding my path, I've had a lot of different things take place in my life, from the deliverance of my addictions to uh, a marriage and children that I wasn't expecting, to a ministry and leading a ministry and being having a, a Christian a radio ministry on top of it. A lot of things have come into my life that has been very life-changing, to say, you know, to use powerful words. I mean, really, my old life and what I was doing in my old life was not what it was when Jesus showed into it. So, when I got born again, I started talking about Jesus all the time. You've heard me share the story that I used to work at the casino, and when I was there talking about Jesus all the time, after I got born again, I wasn't talking about Jesus because I wanted to be this minister of the gospel and this Bible-beating preacher. No, I was just talking about the new relationship in my life, much like you might talk about you know, when you start dating that new girl and you took her out, and oh, we met her family, or just that, oh, that boy, you should see him. He he works out all the time. He's looking good, right? We talk about what's important to us, and especially the relationships in our lives. It's why, have you ever been in a relationship and walked into a room with someone without your significant other, and, and that's the first question everybody asks, well, where's your wife? Where's your lovely family? Where's your friend? 
Why do people ask these questions? Because they recognize you. You are now identified because you've been spending a lot of time with them. They are part of your family. You've built relationships with them. And so much like we do this in real life, when I got born again, I built a very significant relationship with Jesus. I talked about him because he was important to me. Much like you might talk to someone about your hobbies or your favorite TV shows, I talked about Jesus. I wasn't doing it to be a minister. In fact, I barely knew what a minister was. I wasn't even really going to church. But I knew that big things were starting to happen in my life. I was being delivered from an addiction. I started feeling conviction about some of the ways that I was acting, about my language. I, I realized that you know my life... I had always felt should have been more than it was looking like, but it wasn't ever turning out that way. And I was 30 years old wondering what was going to go on. So I started talking about Jesus from the very first moment that I met him. And I'm, I'm talking about this tonight because recently I've been, and I've heard things and I've heard other people say them both to me, about me and about others. And it's this idea that Christians are offended when other Christians talk about Jesus too much, you would think, well, how on earth would this happen? Well, it happens. People get offended by the name of Jesus, and they think, well, maybe if you weren't so aggressive with it. Now, this this is what it looks like in my real life. So I'm going to give you a couple stages of me sharing the gospel in my life, and then you can sort of understand where I'm coming from. So before I get into ministry, I'm in the casino I'm talking about the relationship with Jesus that I have every single day, talking about the new things that I learned, talking about the new scriptures, not trying to force it down anyone's throat in the course of normal conversation, just like you might talk about, you know, you had to take your car in for repair and you might tell somebody that I would tell somebody that I read something that, you know, is sort of opening my eyes to how I think about treating others or how I think about tattoos or how I think about relationships or how I think about what I should be doing with my time or who I should be spending time with. One of the early convictions for me was I had a lot of people in my old life who were, you know, <laughs> uh, they added to my desire to want to go gamble because they would often influence my decisions to do that. So when I'm getting convicted about these things. I'm trying to change my mind. I'm going to God's word to figure out what I should be doing. And I realize there's hundreds of scriptures about friends and who you should hang out with. In fact, there's more scriptures about friendship than there are about heaven and hell in the Bible. More, in, at least, you know, in, in terms of quantity, there's more quantitative importance in the Bible about who you spend time with, the types of people you spend time with, and what it, the results of what it brings into your life. God's word shares that, you know, you hang out with people with corrupted morals. You too will have corrupted morals over time. It may not happen the first time you hang out with them. We use the analogy on this show. If you put one bad apple in a basket full of good apples, guess what's going to happen? The bad apple's not going to go good. The bad apple's going to make all the good apples bad. That's a picture of what one bad person in your group of friends or in your inner circle can do over time. You're like, what? My friend ain't going to do that to me. Well, the, you know, they invite you to that one movie you shouldn't see. They ask you to go to that one place you shouldn't go to. They offer you that one drink you shouldn't have. And next thing you know, you're at the party all night or you're, you know, you're doing things you don't want to be doing. 
maybe taking a job because they, you know, said, oh, come work with me over here, even though you you don't really want to or you feel in your heart maybe you shouldn't because God's not leading you there, but we're now being influenced by the people who talk to us. So these, again, talking about the three stages, this was one of my early convictions. And so these are the types of things that I would talk about with my coworkers at the casino. During one of these conversations, and mind you, I was having this conversation. To, to be real, to be honest with all you all is what I try to do every night and really be you know, heartfelt about what was going on in my life, what is currently going on in my life, so that I can bring hope to yours today. God's word is the most encouragement you're ever going to get, but when we can see it applied in our lives, we can understand what it looks like in reality. We can sort of grab hold of it a little harder. It becomes a little easier to digest. It becomes a little easier to understand. The Bible says that if you believe in Christ, you will be persecuted. <laughs> uh, that people will say things about you and you won't even know why, and it'll sort of be unprovoked. So outside, I'm on a break at work at the casino, and what am I doing out there? I'm talking about Jesus again, but what else am I doing? I'm also smoking. So I'm not being the best salt and light at this time. I didn't get delivered from my smoking addiction until three, two or three months after I got born again. I had smoked for 14 years. I quit cold turkey thanks to the power of the Holy Spirit and a conviction of uh, God on my heart. I was talking about Jesus with someone out there, again, not sharing the gospel, not telling them that Jesus came to die on the cross for your sins. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Now, I, <laughs> uh, I think that's what the world sometimes thinks, people who talk about Jesus, that, that's all they say. And I was just talking about what was going on in my life. Maybe I'd started going to church. I don't remember the exact conversation, but I do remember what happened while I was having the conversation. And a friend who I used to spend a lot of time with, who wasn't even in uh, the conversation that I was having. In fact, they were sitting maybe 10 or 15 or 20 feet away from where I was talking, started yelling at me, using expletives. He told me to stop talking about Jesus. We're at work. He's not even talking to me. We're not even in the same conversation together. I'm talking about Jesus. He gets so offended, he decides to yell and curse at me, a friend of his, so-called, simply because I've uttered the name Jesus. This was my first realization that the name of Jesus uh, is not so exciting to share with people. Before I got born again, I really, I mean, that when people brought up the name of Jesus, I had a real problem with it. When people started talking about the Bible or they started talking about their lives in Christ, it gave me this icky feeling like, oh, man, I really wish they would stop. And sometimes I would be mouthy. Maybe a little like my friend who cursed at me that day after I got born again. And I would say, would you guys just stop talking about that? Would you, would you mind talking about something else? And I would have told you that I knew Christ. I would have told you that I was going to heaven. So I get sort of where people come from, Christians, when they see other Christians who are spending their lives. And this is what happens, so not entirely. But I've been told recently, and I've been lumped in with other people who have been told that we talk about Jesus too much in our ministry. That maybe if we just backed off a little bit, maybe if we just started to uh, talk about other things, maybe we didn't focus so much on finding God's plan for other people, maybe if we didn't focus on sharing Jesus every day, that maybe more people would come to know Jesus. Maybe our ministry would be more effective. Maybe our lives in Christ would be easier to digest for the world. If we stop talking about Jesus so much. 
man, to go on for the I, – I could talk about this all week because for me, talking about Jesus has been easy since the moment I got born again. However, I didn't do it to minister the gospel to anybody when I first started sharing Jesus with others. I was just telling them about the relationship with Jesus that I had. Again, it goes back to we talk about what's important to us. I had no problems talking about Jesus because he was important to me. I want to be able to do that today because Jesus has put a call on my life in ministry to be a soul winner, to share the gospel with you so that you can hear it effectively and take, you know, the notion of knowing Christ as your Savior and actually, you know, put it in your heart. I'm here throwing seeds every day as the Bible asks us to. But some people get offended by it, even other Christians. That's right. The entirety of my life, both right when I got born again, right as I started my ministry, and even now today, the message from other Christians hasn't changed. Maybe the source of the message has changed. But what I've found and what I've seen and and definitely what I've heard from other believers, now I'm not slumping in all believers into this, but there are some believers who believe that people like me or anyone who talks about Jesus, whether it's on the radio or at your work, if maybe you're like me and you're at your work and you're sharing the gospel every day and people are sick and tired of hearing about it, sick and tired of hearing about how much you love Jesus, sick and tired of you doing the same thing every day. Oh, with this Jesus every day, are you, is this all you're going to talk about? All you have to say is Jesus saved me and oh, and I'm trying to do this and oh, I've been going to church and oh, I'm doing this with my small group. And people are just, they roll their, your eyes or that you can tell in the middle of your conversation that they've zoned out. How many times has that happened? I know from my own experience that talking about Jesus to unbelievers makes them icky. <laughs> it makes them grossed out. Uh, the Bible describes it as uh, the darkness flees from the light, meaning they'll, they'll run from this conversation. They'll literally try and get out of it as fast as possible. It is not fun. But the Bible does tell us all the Bible tells us about what we should do when it comes to sharing Jesus. Mark sixteen fifteen, the word of God says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So there are those that say, and this was one of the first things that I was told when I started my ministry, John, what right do you have? What right is it of yours, John, to share the gospel with anybody? Just because you found Jesus, just because you've started to apply his teachings to your life, why on earth do you now have the right to tell others about Jesus? Well, I just read you I just read you the why. Mark sixteen fifteen, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. The first time I was asked that question by a family member, I didn't know the answer. I just knew that God had changed my life, and I wanted to share the story of what had happened to me with others. I didn't necessarily know I had a right to do so. I didn't know it was sort of a commandment of the Bible to, you know, for us believers to go share our faith. I didn't have the foundation of Scripture that I now walk in in my life. I was barely through the Gospels probably when I heard this for the first time, but I'd already experienced the persecution that the Bible says comes to those that believe and talk. Those that confess Jesus will be persecuted. 
I was cursed at weeks after I got born again by someone I wasn't even talking to because I mentioned the Bible. Months later, I was asked, what right do you have to share the gospel with others? When I first started my ministry, when I started telling others that I was going to share my testimony of overcoming a half a million dollars in gambling debt through the power of the Holy Spirit and the salvation that comes through Christ. My story is not above your story. God has also sent his son to die for your sins, to create a future and a hope for your life that comes through knowing Christ. But when he shows up in your life and you're not talking about him, have you realized the hope that comes from Christ? Because if you're not willing to proclaim it, as Mark 16, 15 says, maybe there's an issue in your heart that has to stem from your actual relationship with Christ. When I got born again, and now I tell you that my, you know, when I got born again, I passionately sought the Lord because my life was so terrible before. I was desperate for the hope that I was always looking for. There was a hole in my heart that I needed to fill. And I tried to fill it through gambling, through relationships, through food, through bad decisions after bad decisions. Results continually piled up in the bad column. I looked at a life of all these bad regrets, wondering what all the things that I did wrong were and how I could have prevented them. I had all of these worries in my heart. I went to bed and didn't want to wake up because everything was so bad. When I got born again and God changed my life, it was easy for me to run towards the future that he had for me. But it's not always easy for everyone. Not everybody hits the bottom of the well as many times as I did. Not everybody has a testimony where you overcame addiction. That does not mean, and catch me here, that you are any worse of a testimony to Christ. Because what we teach here, the greatest testimony that you have in your life is the one that you write after Christ comes into your life. What God uses you for to benefit the kingdom and to serve others, the two greatest commandments. When you start walking out those two things, then you'll be able to find the greatest testimony in your life. It's not about all the bad stuff that happened in your life before Christ showed up. It's about what you did with your life afterwards. Because when Christ shows up, if he's important to you, you're going to talk about him. The more you talk about him, the more he's going to talk to you. When he talks to you, you're going to get visions on how you should walk out your life. You're going to get instructions for what you should do when trouble comes. You're going to get blessings for walking out the principles of the Bible. And one of those things that God instructs us to do, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. What does it look like to proclaim the, proclaim the gospel? We'll talk about that when we come back. What does it mean to proclaim the gospel to the whole creation? It can change your life if you understand the definition of this concept. Knowing Christ changes it even more. And being able to find God's plan in your life is ultimately going to bring joy, hope, and peace into your future. Don't go away. You're listening to The New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network.
Broadcasting on The new John Simmons Show is part of the Testimony House Network. To learn more about the network or to watch other network programs, please visit TestimonyHouse.org. Now, here's the new John Simmons. I'm made new because of you. Yeah, you Welcome back, everybody. It's the new John Simmons Show. If you have the availability to watch past shows, all you got to do is head over to Apple iTunes Store. Look for the podcast section and search for the new John Simmons Show. That's where we put up all of our past episodes. In addition to that, we also have a live stream on Facebook and also on YouTube. You can catch our videos, and uh, all of those are also available on the website, newjohnsimmons.com. Those are all the ways that you can stay connected with the show. If you visit newjohnsimmons.com, You'll be able to read the new blog that I've written. Uh, we put it up earlier this afternoon. It's called, <laughs> uh, based on today's show, you might get the title, You Talk Too Much About Jesus. It's the name of the new blog we put up. It's a, a written account of some of the thoughts that I have in addition to what we're sharing on the air tonight. NewJohnSimmons.com. Visit this to be able to read this new blog. You talk too much about Jesus. What does it mean when you talk too much about Jesus? Well, the object of the conversation came about because I've recently heard that this ministry has been sort of told that we share the gospel too much or that we talk about Jesus too much. It comes from this idea that if we would just talk a little bit less, if we were a little more palatable, maybe if we talked about Jesus less, if not every conversation that we had stemmed around our relationship with Christ, that maybe people would be benefited better. <laughs> tongue-tied. Uh, maybe people would be able to understand our position a little better. Maybe they'd, it'd be easier to digest, whatever words you want to use to describe it, essentially watering down our faith so that more people might come to the cross. I don't think that that's in, you know, what the Bible intended for us because Mark sixteen 15, we've been sharing it, uh, starting in the first segment, what the Bible says about sharing the gospel with others and how you should do it Christ said to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. This idea of proclaiming, what does that mean? Well, to proclaim means to announce officially or publicly. Announce officially or publicly. So if the Bible, if the Bible's definition of how we should act as a Christian is to share the gospel message both publicly, meaning in your own life, and officially, like we're doing here on the air to be able to help you wherever you're at, understand that hope comes from trusting in the Lord. If you go to bed tonight and you are worried about the problems you're facing or the problems you've faced in the past and dealing with the results, if you can learn to put your trust into Christ Jesus, Romans 15, 13 says that your life can overflow with joy, peace, and hope. We believe because of the chapter of Hebrews 11 that, God has a specific plan for each and every single person. We believe you find this plan by walking out a life in Christ, a new life in Christ, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. Your old life should go away. Your new life has begun. So if you're a, a born-again believer, your life should change. It shouldn't look like it once did. From my own perspective, there was a life that I lived that never talked about Jesus. And now there's a life where I never stop. And I was yelled at 
weeks after I got born again for talking about Jesus too much, I was cursed at. In fact, the day that I left my ministry, uh, my last day at the job at the casino, I was yelled at by 10 poker players who told me that I was just in it for the money. Ha ha, I fooled you guys. There's not a lot of money. <laughs> oh, those guys, they I was attacked because of my faith, not because of what I was doing, but because of their perception of what ministers do and that they're all money hungry and that all you want is to take our money. Look, God created money. He don't need yours, okay? It's a subject for another day. We're talking about why Christians get offended when we talk about Jesus because into my ministry I found out that people thought that God doesn't give baby Christians ministries. God doesn't use problem gamblers to share the gospel. Well, I, I, I realized pretty quickly that that was a lie, that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. We see this throughout the Bible, not just the apostles. Tax collectors, prostitutes, people of ill repute, murderers of Christian in the case of Paul. God uses all sorts of people to share the gospel. The one thing all of these gospel sharers have in common, they were following out God's plan for their lives. We teach that you can find this through passion, vision, and faith. Three things that we see throughout the Bible. The word passion is defined as the sufferings of Christ at the cross. Jesus literally defined the word passion. When we find passion for Christ, we'll find the vision from God for what we're supposed to do, the actions and life we're supposed to take. And if we faithfully walk them out, we see in Hebrews 11 that God will record our sentence down. God will write down the things that we've done for the kingdom. And we'll have to give an account of those actions as Revelations does. says, the books will be opened and God will ask us about every idle thought, every deed, everything that we've done. And when I have to answer these questions, when God pulls me up and he says, what have you done, John? I don't want to sit there and say, you know what, God, I was ashamed of your name. I was too scared to share the gospel with other people. Because it was easier to water it down. It was easier to not talk about it. It was less abrasive to my friends who got sick in their stomachs when I brought the name up. It was easier to stop talking about Jesus when my Christian brothers would tell me that, you know, maybe you'll see more people saved if you stop doing this. So throughout my Christian walk, I've seen over and over again people sort of tell me that it's it's better. It's better if you don't talk about Jesus. Meanwhile... The Word of God doesn't say this. The Word of God tells us to proclaim the Bible. The, the Word of God tells us that everything we do is being recorded. And that what we say on this earth matters in heaven. And who we talk about matters in heaven. Luke 9.26 says, If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. So I just described this before I even read the verse. God's going <laughs> to, if we're ashamed of God here on this planet, if we're ashamed of Christ, he'll also be ashamed of us in, in front of his father. And that's not a place you want to be at. But people who believe that maybe it's more effective to uh, water down our gospel message and not share it every day. I had some questions that sort of popped up in my mind that I wrote about in the, blo wrote about in the blog today. Why are people getting offended when we share the gospel? Whether it's my first day in <laughs> In ministry, my first day at the casino after I got born again or today, I've always been sharing Christ, not always for the same reasons. I've talked about what's important to me. And so if you are a proclaimed Christian and you have an issue with shows like mine or any Christian who talks about Jesus every day, 
Why do you have this problem? I thought to myself, why are Christians getting offended and put off by talking about Jesus? So my thought process went from that question to sort of thinking about where people were getting offended about me currently right now. Because most of our resources and the material that we use for the ministry to serve the kingdom by sharing the gospel of Christ is done via Facebook or social media in general. We post videos. We obviously have our live stream. We have podcasts up. Everything we do is on the Internet. So I assume that when people say, you know, you should really uh, do less of what you're, you're doing. Don't do it to so many people. You don't need to share the gospel every day. You know, you can just do it sometimes and more people get saved this way. The truth is, is that when I look at social media after doing some reflection on this, I really don't see us doing this in any other area. What I mean is, is that if you were to like scroll through your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed, are there other areas where we actually believe that if you talk about something less, it's more effective in its reach? What about our friends in Mary Kay who use Facebook as a way to build parties and create clientele? What if they decided to post less? Are they going to be able to create a bigger client base? Are they going to be able to host more, more parties because they only ask once a month? Or is that repetitious ask going to get more people at their parties? I'm not saying you shouldn't be offended by it if that's your decision. I'm saying if you're going to be offended about the gospel and people sharing it every day, shouldn't you also be offended by other things we share on the Internet every day? Just a thought. Is it true that sharing something less often produces better results? What about the people we, we see that work out all the time? People who are using their faith, like our sponsor, Faithfully Fit. Are they being more effective in encouraging people to get up every day and lose weight and to keep their eyes motivated on Christ? Are they doing a better job at encouraging others if they put up one post a month or if they post every day? I had a hard day. I still got up and went to the gym. God is with you. You can get to the gym this week. Is it really more effective if we just post every once in a while? That's what I've been told. I've been told recently, and I've heard other people say, not just about our ministry, but in other ministries in general, people who share the gospel consistently. Well, maybe you should. What right do you have? I was told this, a, a specific quote. John, what right do you have to share the gospel with me? What right do you have to tell me what I should do with my life? I don't have any rights. I'm just doing what Christ asked of me, which is to go out and proclaim the gospel to all creation. Now, he can use us all differently. I'm not saying all of us have to go now and get a radio ministry. You are called to do what God specifically designed you to do through Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.10 says that this is a real reality. God's created you. You are his handiwork. We create all sorts of tools in the drawer, you know, hammers and screwdrivers and, you know, vices and all these other things. And so God's created us in the same way. We all have a specific function. We're all able to do our skill correctly if we know what our skill is. And when we walk out that skill, we'll be able to proclaim the gospel to all creation. But you have to be willing to sort of chase that down. Your relationship has to be enough with Christ that you want to talk about him all the time. Why? We talk about what's important to us. How many Christians do you know that are 
excited to talk about the upcoming Cardinal season. Talk about the new signings in the lineup, and everybody discusses, oh, well, you know, so-and-so should bat third, not fourth. We have half a dozen radio stations here in St. Louis dedicated to sports talk. People love it. People love talking about the Cardinals so much so that we needed multiple radio stations to meet the need. We talk about what's important to us. So if you really believe that Christians should stop talking about Jesus on days that don't say Sunday, is there another issue here? Because we don't have problems talking about our kids and our spouses. If you look at social media, all of these people, whether it's a fitness person or a, you know somebody who's trying to sell on Facebook, what about these ads we get from our favorite stores that tell us about the new special of the week or you know the new sandwich at Wendy's, right? We don't know they have a new sandwich unless we visit every day. They use ads to tell us what the new things are and to try and drive traffic to their store. Would they really be more effective if you got one email a month? Or is it more effective if you see an ad on your Facebook every single time you open? I'm not saying it's not creepy, especially if they're stalking you. You know, like when you go on Amazon and you search for something and you're looking to, you know, buy a new microwave and all of a sudden on Facebook you have 20 ads for microwaves. A little creepy in today's age. It's still effective. And so that's why after sort of doing some thought of what I've been told that we'd be more effective if we were just sort of, you know, Backed, up, backed off the gas a little. John, you know, if you just talked about something else besides Jesus every once in a while, people would really respond to that. People would really think you were doing, you know, some good work if if you just, you know, didn't say the word Jesus all the time. I think about biblical times, man. Do you think there was a day that Jesus, during his ministry, didn't talk to other people about God? Of course not. Every day, Jesus spent his life in his ministry talking about God, talking about what we should be doing with our lives, talking about the instruction of how salvation will take place. I mean, talking about the blessings of heaven, talking about all the things that he's come to bring us, talking in parables to teach us things that we don't understand. If you're offended by what I do or what you know any other Christian minister who's trying to share the gospel every day does, let me ask you this, and, and try and think honestly. If Jesus was here today and he was using social media, would you be offended by the number of posts that Jesus put up? I don't think Jesus would think that one day a month is enough. I don't think Jesus would be stopped because you are offended by it. I don't think that he would give up. I don't think that he would be thinking, oh, it'd be more effective if I, if I laid off the gas pedal. Well, maybe I'll heal 1,000 people today, but tomorrow I'm taking off. Because you can't heal people every day because then they'll come to think you're a genie. You can't have that. People, will, they won't be able to live their lives if, you know, if they're not in, struggling. If they're not under some persecution. If they're not suffering for the sake of the gospel, then they're not doing their job right. I shouldn't heal that many people today. Come on, guys, you know, talking about Jesus should be important to Christians. When we come back, I'll discuss, of course, it's common for unbelievers to think that it's bad for us to talk about Jesus every day. But Christians, 
Why are Christians getting offended when we talk about Jesus? We'll wrap up the conversation when we come back on the new John Simmons show, part of the Testimony House Network. Want to see behind the scenes photos and get the latest news from the show? All you have to do is follow at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get back to the New John Simmons show. Welcome back. It's the new John Simmons show, part of the Testimony House Network. Each and every weeknight, we get together to discuss God's plan for your life. We talk about passion, vision, and faith in your walk with Christ so that your life can overflow with joy, peace, and hope today. Recently, I've been told that I talk about Jesus way too much. I've been being told that my whole life since I got born again, my new life in Christ, because when I didn't know Christ, I never talked about Jesus. In fact, I'd get sick to my stomach anytime somebody would even bring up the subject. And those are the people I would assume would get offended when I talk about Jesus too much. Unbelievers should be, you know, scared of the word because the devil's trying to keep it out of your heart. He's going to use all sorts of tactics. He's going to think, run from this conversation because you're, you know, better than them. This person's brainwashed. You know science. <laughs> uh, you can still believe in science and be a Christian, believe it or not. Another topic. God has a plan for your life. But if we aren't able to share Christ and his relationship with others, how are we going to get to a point where we're seeking out that path that he has for us? Because if we're too afraid to share Christ with others, the foundation of his plan, his sentence for our life, is to do something that helps others find Christ. So by definition, if you're finding God's sentence for your life, you're walking in the two greatest commandments. What Jesus says is to love God with your heart, soul, mind, and spirit, and to love others as yourself. For Christians who have told me and told others that I know, and I've heard say about other Christian leaders, why do you have to share the gospel so much? What right do you have? It would be more effective if you did it less often, if you did it without such vigor, is that true? We don't see it true in any other part of our lives, whether it's sales or whether it's encouraging texts. We don't see it on social media. People talk about stuff every day. Their favorite sports teams, they talk about what's important to them. If you go look on Instagram right now, you can see over 400 million pictures about food. People talk more about food than Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, oops. So we talk about what's important to us. I don't think that talking about Jesus too much should be offensive to Christians. Unbelievers should be mad when I talk about Jesus. Meanwhile, they don't get mad when vegans talk about their lifestyle all the time. That has, you know, We don't get offended by the Buddhist monk. Only Christ is the name that cuts. Only Christ, the name above all names, Acts 4.12, which says salvation can be found through Christ alone. We're offended by the name of Jesus because it's the name that saves, and the devil wants us to be offended. And he uses the thoughts in our head like, you need to tell that Christian to shut up. That Christian who's talking too much about Jesus, you need to tell him to shut up. And he plants these seeds in the minds of those that aren't building this great relationship with Christ, and maybe they found Christ, but they're not walking out in the Christ-like life that he's built for them. 
I try to be so intentional with being encouraging to other people, but it's so hard when the world around us, even my Christian friends, feel like we're doing something we shouldn't be doing. Why do you talk about Jesus so much? Why is it important to you to talk about Jesus so much? Matt just chimed in here on Facebook. He says, other parts of my life come natural to me when I talk about it. Jesus is important, but it seems awkward when I talk about it. Matt, I understand. <laughs> I, I've shared this exact sentiment on the show many times. It's hard to talk about Jesus. But it shouldn't be. Not for a Christian. It shouldn't be easier to talk about our family with other people than it is with Jesus, because if you've really built this relationship with Jesus, really built one, like you've built one with your wife, like you've built one with your best friend, like you've built one with your family or the members of your family, like you've built it with your coworkers, you have no problems talking to them about whatever's on your heart, your favorite kind of car, where you went to dinner, this new restaurant everybody should try. We have no problems talking about things that are important to us. It just shows us what is important. The thing that I want to sort of highlight here before we go off the air is that, you know, I've thought an awful lot about, should I listen to this? Should I, you know, maybe step off the throttle? Maybe sh maybe I shouldn't share as many messages. Maybe I should roll in some ideas about, maybe I'll talk about the Texas Rangers today. Maybe I'll talk about my wife today instead of talking about Jesus as much. Will that really help people more? Will it? Or should I just, you know, forget what these people are saying and move on into the path that God has for me? Because ultimately, that's how I see it. I'm not ashamed of what Christ has done in my life and for me. But ultimately, it's about, I want to see your life change. God's got a plan for your life. God has an ultimate hope that comes through Christ. And you can find it today. If you are able to repent of your sins and ask for forgiveness, if you're able to just see that your life isn't as good when you make the decisions as if you ask God what decisions you should make. Because ultimately, it's not about John. You talk about Jesus too much. Because it's not my conversations that people are offended by. It's the name in my conversations that people are offended by. And even Christians aren't immune to being cut by the word of God. It's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to live a life where you're not being convicted. But I also think that, you know, why do Christians get offended when other Christians talk about Jesus too much? Well, I think it's easy for Christians to forget how desperate you were in that moment where you got saved. I also think what would happen if I did listen? What if everybody listened? What if all the Christians who were sharing the gospel daily stopped sharing the gospel? What if we took your advice? What if we only did it every once in a while? What would the world look like if we only shared the gospel every once in a while? What would it look like if the Christian didn't share the gospel the day you got saved? What if your pastor didn't show up that weekend? What if that friend who'd been encouraging you for so long and you finally found Christ through him, didn't talk to you about Christ because he was afraid of offending you. And it was difficult for him to do. Imagine you couldn't have the life in Christ that you now have if they had 
taking your own advice or the, your, you know, the only things that people are saying to me when they're offended are just, you know, why are you doing it so much? Well, the Bible asks us to go and proclaim. Proclaim means to announce publicly and officially. It's easy to announce publicly what you're excited about. We put announcements about marriages. We send out letters to let people know we're getting married, but people don't know you're a Christian. And if you are a Christian, you might be getting offended simply because other Christians are sharing the gospel, which they've been asked to do in the Bible. But ultimately, it's not about me. It's not even about you. It's about Christ. It's about what he has done in our lives. It's about what he's going to do in your life. It's about the path that he's carved with the cross on his back for you to walk down. It's hard for believers sometimes to remember that desperate place that they were in the night they got born again. But imagine if no one had told you that. That's what I think about. Maybe I do talk about Jesus too much. But it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about the message that Christ has for the person who's listening right now who doesn't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And this might be the night. The person who's looking for that encouragement to wake up tomorrow excited, and maybe they find it. That person who's looking for a step to take to go further down God's sentence for their life. It may be hard for some of us to remember that desperate heart that we had when we gave our lives to Christ and be offended years later because other Christians, we feel maybe they're trying to show us up or something. No, it's about our relationship, our personal relationship with Christ. You talk about what's important to you. I think Christ is important because I've seen the changes in my own personal life that he can bring. And I want you to understand the same thing because my life isn't special. Christ died for all of us, not just for John, but for you as well. And the path that God has for you can be found. And we're going to share it every single day on this show and every day in my life because ultimately it's not about you and your, your offenses and the things that you're offended by hearing. It's not even about me and me trying to make a name for myself or me having a radio show. It's about the name above all names, the name of Jesus. His testimony, his words of encouragement are going to be what somebody hears tonight or maybe a hundred nights from now. Would you be offended? If you're offended by people today who share the gospel of Christ all the time, would you be just as offended 50 years ago when Billy Graham had crusades night after night after night? Are you offended that TBN has 365 days of Christian programming, but aren't offended that cable news has 24-hour news stations talking about politics and there's like a half a dozen of them? You can eat that stuff up, but when Christians talk too much about Jesus, it's offensive. Of course it is. The devil's created the world and put seeds in everybody's head to make you not find the truth of Christ. But today could be the most important day of someone's life because of what they hear believers talking too much about even though some may not want to hear it i have to remind us it's not about you it's not about me i know you're right i do talk about jesus too much because your life was worth it then and their life is worth it now how many of us needed christ at a moment in our lives and we found him how many of us desire to find a plan from god that'll skyrocket the future that he has for us? How many of us just want to know why we're here? How many of us want hope to deal with the circumstances that we're going through? How many of us want to just 
just feel weighted down by the bad mistakes in our life, the sin that's just, it's a coat on us and it's so heavy and we just need to leave it behind because it's entangled us our whole life. Let me encourage you tonight, guys. Romans 10, 9 says to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. It's not a hard prayer to say. It's a hard prayer to do, though. But for those of us who are able to try and share this message every day, it could be a hope-filled message. And I don't think it's one worth watering down because Christ died on a cross for us to have the ability to find salvation through him. And if we give up that right, that daily right, what if Paul, what if Paul uh, was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it today. I, you know, I was uh, shipwrecked that one day. I got beat to death. I'm not going to share the gospel with the Gentiles anymore. I'm not going to write that New Testament. Who needs that? Some people are going to be offended by the New Testament. I'm not going to write that. God's plan for your life includes you asking Jesus Christ into your heart and making him your Lord and Savior. Not always easy to do. We have to recognize that the choices that we've made in life are not always the best. But once you come to know Christ, understand this. You talk about what's important to you. And if Christ is important to you, build a relationship with him just like you would a spouse or a friend. A good relationship is built through quality time and communication. Use those two tools Spend a lot of time with the Lord and talk to him through prayer. Quality time and communication. This is how we build good relationships on earth. This is also how we build a good relationship with Christ. You can talk about Jesus too much too, and it'll change your life forever. That's going to do it for tonight's show, everybody. I want to thank Mr. Steve behind the glass. I want to thank all of my friends and listeners for tuning in on Facebook and listening live here on the radio. We'll be back with you tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Until then, everybody, I pray. You discover a future and a hope for your life today. Thanks for listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. To replay this episode or listen to past episodes, look for the new John Simmons Show podcast on your mobile device. Stay connected to the show. Read the latest news, blog posts, and see behind-the-scenes photos by following at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like to learn more about how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life, or join a growing community of people who are finding passion, vision, and faith for their lives, please visit NewJohnSimmons.com. Until next time, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.